Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we hear from all types of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, all you returning listeners, and a big welcome to all you first-timers. Really glad you're here. All right, and with me now is James O. James, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be talking to you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, James, you're a tango dancer, a DJ, an organizer. So how did you first get into tango? So it was total, totally by an accident, actually. Uh, it's kind of a funny story. I was just coming out of a pretty tough time, personally. Sure. Uh, and I was working like three jobs for you know a few years. And mm-hmm. I finally had some time to myself. So I was looking for things to do to utilize my spare time. Uh, so I started looking around to see like if I could pick up a hobby or two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I came across uh, swing dancing. Um, so I watched a few YouTube videos mm-hmm. and, and looked very interesting and fun. So I figured I'd maybe check it out and take a class or two and see what it's all about. So mm-hmm. I looked up, you know, local swing dance group and they were offering a uh, free lesson at this dance studio. Hmm. And so I uh, got myself out there. Mm-hmm. Only problem, uh, I read the schedule wrong. So <laughs> it happened to be Argentine Tango class. Oh. But it was the same deal. There, mm-hmm. So that they were sharing the uh, Argentine Tango group and the swing group. Mm-hmm. Were, they were sharing this one studio in Pataque, Rhode Island. And mm-hmm. so I just picked the wrong day. <laughs> and it turned out to be the right day. Yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, you know, after that was a history. Uh, I never left tango since that day. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, I never really got into swing. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, yeah a total accident. Uh, uh, that's funny. But, you know, it's like I, I wasn't really uh, hooked on tango per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, most other tango dancers in uh, in the scene. Okay. But there mm-hmm. were enough to keep me interested in learning. And, you know, also I met with a few people in the beginners group uh, that I connected with. So mm-hmm. it was more, for me, it was more of just socializing with the people yeah. uh, than dance itself. Uh, eventually picked up, but it wasn't until... I took a trip to Buenos Aires a uh, year into it. Wow. And mm-hmm. uh, took a 10-day trip, and that <laughs> had just turned out to be a life changer for my tango, uh, tango life. Wow. So I went in complaining, mm-hmm. like, you know, why, do I, why am I doing this? this <laughs> like, why am I going somewhere so far mm-hmm. to spending all this money to take bunch of tango lessons and then on the way back i was so excited and Mm -hmm. giddy about everything i learned and my uh, confidence was boosted like immensely and that changed you know so much uh you know me as a dancer and Mm -hmm. everything else so nice yeah, so that's well. Lucky for us, you read that schedule wrong and took tango <laughs> instead instead of swing. So, how what was that very first tango lesson like? Do you remember? So I, I was as far as anyone could be from any dancing, not just mm-hmm. tango, and I didn't even understand what tango was either. Okay. So you know, I I was very shy and awkward 
Um, so, it, you know, my first lesson was just kind of like, I'm a little intimidated and, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, people in the class and also my uh, teachers uh, definitely helped me mm-hmm. uh, with a really inviting energy and welcoming energy. And mm-hmm. so it didn't take me long to open up and, you know, mm-hmm. start really connecting to people and dance itself. So nice. Nice. What about your first Malanga? Do you remember? Okay, so my first Malanga experience wasn't very good. Okay. And I kind of didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> and so I was really discouraged by my first Malanga experience. Mm-hmm. And I never went back to, quote unquote, like real Malanga scene mm-hmm. up until like maybe over a year into it. I see. So, but I, I've attended Practica and I would just sit with my uh, beginner friends and we'll just socialize and mm-hmm. drink wine and mm-hmm. rather than dancing. Or if we did dance, we'd dance with each other pretty much. And so it was a really intimidating scene, intimidating scene for quite, quite some time. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so uh, what led up to your decision to, to go to Buenos Aires just one year into your, into your dance training? Well, so, you know, I started dating someone uh, in the group and we just decided that it's a fun thing to do and see, you know, what what are, what better place to see the culture and what the dance really, you know, is about and the sentiments uh, that's behind the dance mm-hmm. and music. And so, yeah, that I, I was, you know, persuaded mm-hmm. <laughs> into going. So hence, you know, I wasn't really happy about Totally, uh, I I didn't totally buy into it okay. at first, mm-hmm. but once I started experiencing experiencing the culture and you know the the resources is not even comparable mm-hmm. to you know now it's a little more I think uh, you know getting closer to even mm-hmm. playing field, but you know you you, you can't really get uh, anything like that anywhere else mm-hmm. um, other than Buenos Aires. Yeah. So, what was your first impression of of the city when you got there? I actually really enjoy the city. Mm-hmm. People seem very laid back and mm. maybe not, at times like a little too much, like, especially <laughs> when you're trying to order your dinner and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, eat and pay and get out so you can make it to Malanga. Right. And people take <laughs> their sweet time, and mm-hmm. they, but that's their culture. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of understood that. And mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed the uh, history and, mm-hmm. you know, people and, of course, Tango like it was tremendous. Like you were saying, it, it was an experience that changed your life. Did you feel that happening while you were there, or was or was it later until you reflected on the experience? No, I, I was really. It only took me like half a day, and then I was really, I was very really sold. Like mm-hmm. you know, I was fully into it and immersed in the scene. Mm-hmm. So that that was a very excellent uh, experience. Nice, nice. So now you are also known as a as a really uh, renowned tango DJ. So how did you become a DJ? Full disclosure, that term is being used a little uh, a little loosely there. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I I, I enjoy DJing. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I and I've been doing for over ten years now because mm-hmm. uh, I connected to music well before I really connected to the dance itself. Okay. I grew up listening to classical music mm-hmm. a lot at early age, and I also was uh, kind of forced into taking piano lessons, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I played a little bit mm-hmm. and for a few years as a child. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I was very comfortable with, mm-hmm. and 
Tango, uh, listening to Tango music brought me back a lot of those like childhood memories mm-hmm. and the, the layer and the depth of music to me was really suiting and mm-hmm. something I can really relate and connect to. Yeah. So, you know, naturally wanted to take control. I'm also a little bit of a control, control freak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I kind of wanted to have a saying in, you know, how the night of Noanga pans out for everyone else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just to share with one of my, fla- you know, my flavors and the way I interpret different things and different, you know, different order. And so I just wanted to convey my emotion mm-hmm. and, you know, connecting my connection to the music. Mm-hmm. So, so I started DJing, but I have pretty tricky schedule yeah. with the work and, mm-hmm. It's hard to find the job and make commitment to, mm-hmm. you know, like few weeks in advance, even some in case some cases in few months in advance. So I really haven't been DJing yeah. whole a lot, but I, I mean tango tango music is something that I have in my everyday life, and you know I work uh, you know I'm a chef and mm-hmm. I work alone yeah. uh, for the most part. Okay. So I I get to uh, decide what I just listen to and. Uh, while I'm working. Mm-hmm. And so tango is something that's always in the background. Nice. Yeah, so I also want to talk to you a little bit about your, your culinary expertise here, your work as a chef. Now, your cooking skills, they have made their way into your tango life. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I started this uh, event called the Loka a couple of years ago. Right, yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that was always in my, my fantasy work. Mm-hmm. And it stayed there for many years. Uh, I've been to a few tango events here and there and a lot of local malangas, and, mm-hmm. which actually is my favorite thing to do rather than over uh, going to big events. And mm-hmm. of course, I, I, I do like big events and you, know, you get such a, a saturation of great dancers and you know, all the familiar faces and new faces in one mm-hmm. place and one over one weekend. That's great. But I, I do enjoy seeing what local scenes about because every, every, every uh, community has like different flavors and characteristics. And I love seeing that yeah. and interacting with uh, those who don't get to travel often mm-hmm. too. So going to all these different events and experiencing different things, good and bad. Mm-hmm. So I started collecting the ideas in my head. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I always had this thought in my mind, like, what if, you know, I put this part from this event and that part from this manga mm. and put it all together to make something better and um, something that everyone can enjoy. And then also thought I, I have a, I have skill set um, in cooking. Mm-hmm. So that's also my passion. Yeah. Um, other, you know, another passion other than tango. Mm-hmm. So what if I combine these two together? Because mm-hmm. there's always food in tango events, mm-hmm. and it's not always like up to par. Not mm-hmm. just like from coming, like uh, looking at looking at it from professionals' perspective, mm-hmm. but oftentimes, I mean, tango doesn't generate a lot of income. Uh, so mm-hmm. people. Organizers have to cut corners somewhere, right. and that the food part happens to be mm-hmm. one of those areas that people cut corners in. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to throw a good party and something that I and everyone else mm-hmm. attending can be proud of. So th- that's how uh, Loka was born. Nice. 
Yeah, and then with your with your cooking skills, you can really put a I mean literally put a, a distinct flavor on on the event. So the、uh, subtitle of the event is、uh, Loka Tango with the OH.、Mm-hmm. Uh, my last、right. name. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend helped me come up with this、uh, you know, pretty cheesy, a little cheesy but brilliant idea. Yeah,、um, yeah, absolutely. So it's a tango、mm-hmm. festival with flavor. Yeah. So. That flavor has literal meaning. Exactly.、Uh, yeah. So, what kind of food do you specialize in in cooking? I do a lot of mixed culture and、mm-hmm. uh, what they call a fusion cuisine. So, I have a strong Asian、uh, background、yep. coming from Korea.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, I, I like mixing, you know, Eastern and Western and different、mm-hmm. cuisines、uh, together and, and throw my own twist in. So.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love Korean barbecue. I I have a I got a friend, <laughs> I have a friend of mine here from Korea, and he's always doing Korean barbecue. And he's every time I'm over, oh Joe, you got you got to try some of this. You got to try some of this. So that's, that's wonderful, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So James got a quick question about your um just your DJing style. So do you tend to to DJ on the fly, like you just kind of watch what's happening and then put playlists together, or Do you pre-select or do you have a pre-made playlist for for the dancers?、Uh, except for the in the the beginning when I was learning、mm-hmm. to DJ,、mm-hmm. yes, I I did、uh, have、uh, you know preset playlists,、yeah. but not so much anymore. Now I'm pretty comfortable and familiar with、uh, music and orchestras and reading the floor and vibe and all that stuff. Okay. So, but I, I'm more of a, a methodical DJ. Okay. So I do like to go through stuff. So I, what I generally do when I DJ,、mm-hmm. I get,、uh, I find inspirations, and、uh, whether it's a one song, an orchestra, and you know, I look at the people up,、uh, likely attending,、mm-hmm. what their preferences are, and so I, I find the inspiration in all those things.、Mm-hmm. And come up with a、uh, pool of what I would like to play,、mm-hmm. and the the pool of、uh, songs could be three times more than what I actually would、mm-hmm. be able to play in whatever given hours.、Mm-hmm. So, and then I build a tanda around those things, those songs,、mm-hmm. and so I go in with precise scenario、mm-hmm. of how I want. The evening to flow,、mm-hmm. so it's almost like for me, it's almost like DJing is almost like、uh, telling everyone a story、mm-hmm. with the songs, and so I do care a lot about the order of the、uh, you know songs within the tanda,、yeah. and how the order of those tandas put together as playlists,、mm-hmm. and that's something that I improvise、uh, when I get there, and you know. Depends on who shows up when and how they are connecting on the floor. But I do spend a lot of hours、mm-hmm. uh, pre-planning,、uh. Uh, quote unquote. And I, I tend to,、uh, you know, as a dancer, I I'm very I have a lot of energy、mm-hmm. in my dance,、mm-hmm. and、uh, oftentimes it's a, a rhythmic energy rather than lyrical.、Mm-hmm. Although now it's getting more even as I get older, <laughs> quote unquote, older in.、Yeah. No, I, I'm talking about like not just in real life, but in、mm-hmm. dance dan- dance age. Yeah,、uh, yeah, yeah. I'm maturing. Yes,、uh, it seems like you know my dance is maturing、mm-hmm. with you know, me as a person too.、Mm-hmm. So 
but yeah, um, I often I'm often told that when I DJ or dance, you have a lot of energy. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. Yeah. 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 So you like the the Darienzo and the Biagis, and I take it. Yeah, those two are my jams. Uh, yeah, it just gives me a lot of good feelings uh, when I whenever I listen to them and dance to them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is a personal taste question. I like to ask a lot of DJs. Is Are there any orchestras or songs that you actually don't like that much? I mean, not for any uh, technical reason, but just as a personal sure. taste. Okay, so, you know, this is something that's constantly evol- evolving. Yeah. Uh, I used to hate Fuguese mm-hmm. as a, you know, early on in my tango life. Mm-hmm. But now I can't get enough Fuguese mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's not because, like, I'm trying to conform to that, you know, uh, there's like, there's a saying in t- t- tango, like you almost like have to like for crazy when you get experience. <laughs> yeah. But maybe there's a reason why there's, there's a saying because everyone kind of feels similar in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you do, uh, as you experience more mm-hmm. uh, of the connection and embrace and you really truly get to understand mm-hmm. uh, the the depth of the music because you know Pugliese is pretty uh, deep stuff yeah and you you just find your way to connect more mm-hmm. without trying yeah. uh, consciously mm-hmm. so but i don't have orchestra that i don't like okay. uh, anymore so mm-hmm. i find you know every orchestra has its own things and uh colors and flavors and mm-hmm. You know, there's something, always something to enjoy in certain, like, you know, specific orchestra, each orchestra. Mm-hmm. So I'm more focused on that now. Mm-hmm. And it just also, it just comes to me without having to try. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what experience does. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, as I get mature as a dancer mm-hmm. and also DJ, mm-hmm. I think that's just something that naturally came to me. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I connect with all orchestras, all, you know, also because uh, depending on uh, on the mood and the situation yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. but yeah, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't discriminate um, mm-hmm. anymore uh, <laughs> against cer- certain orchestra, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty open minded about all kind of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said about about maturing, I kind of. You know, when I as I get older, I, I when I listen to these t- old tango songs more and more, I you know I start hearing different things that I didn't notice before, or I I take the yeah. time to listen. You hear that the little layers and the little like oh okay, yeah more deeper appreciation. Yeah, yeah. So James, you know when you uh, on during your tango journey as you started improving, just kind of looking back from where you are now to where you were when you started. What were some bad habits that you used to have, and how did you get over them? Oh, geez, uh, I had a many, but <laughs> so having a lot of energy translated into my dancing. Mm-hmm. So I used to, when I get very excited, I used to stump, pick up my foot, and stump my feet. <laughs> in 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 beat mm-hmm. on on beat, yeah. uh, you know. In my hands, and uh, <laughs> but that's still not a nice feeling, especially when you're on receiving end right. of that. <laughs> so I, I went. I took few net, uh, private lessons, mm-hmm. and also always thought about it. And I think it's also like imp- very important uh, as any stage uh, of your tango life to always think about what your partner would feel 
if you do certain things. So I do focus a lot on not only how I feel, but how my partner feels.、Mm-hmm. And it can get pretty difficult to have that diagnose、uh, because you can always like it's not something you can always ask to get the right feedbacks.、Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to first pay attention、mm-hmm. and then. Be able to decode、mm-hmm. what you're getting. Of course, not verbally. So、mm-hmm. all those signs and come up with you know what you're not doing or doing that's not helping,、mm-hmm. and then have the desire to、uh, improve on those counts. So、mm-hmm. whenever I find things、mm-hmm. that、uh, now, I mean, also the that's not something else that experience helps now more than. Say ten years ago,、yeah. I can more easily tell if it's received well, something is received well、mm-hmm. or not. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's just sort of related to to you know getting over bad habits. What were some、uh, really influential learning experiences that you that you remember when you look back on your tango journey?、Uh, are you are we talking a purely technical part? Yeah, let's start with technical. Actually, that's 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 actually a good place to to start. So I used to、uh, kind of offline. I don't know if it makes any sense.、Mm-hmm. So th- when when I when I walk into the cross,、mm-hmm. uh, I used to be end up like I start in lane、uh, one lane and end up on the other lane. I see. Yes. So, but you know, that was relatively in the beginning、mm-hmm. of my tango career, and it took only took a couple private lessons to correct it.、Mm-hmm. So I just needed a right. Guidance and first, it required to、uh, me to get be aware of that、mm-hmm. is is a bad habit and is happening.、Mm-hmm. And of course, it wasn't pointed out to me. I wouldn't wouldn't have known right away.、Mm-hmm. But I think an early diagnosis in tango is also a great thing,、mm-hmm. like in real life. So yeah,、um, so that's the technical part、mm-hmm. and non technical part. I feel like. I mean, it's, it's you know technical part too. You、mm-hmm. always like find something that you can improve on, and you're constantly learning.、Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm learning more about the、uh, dynamics and whether it's a connection on the floor、mm-hmm. and or, or off the floor. I see. So and it requires a lot of conversation, interaction、mm-hmm. with、uh, fellow dancers, and you know you do need to. Have right screen and take things with a grain of salt because、mm-hmm. I don't think there is one answer, right answer,、yeah. to everything. So you just have to be able to recognize and、uh, find what works for you,、mm-hmm. and hopefully that's you know whatever works for you doesn't work against others. Right. Yeah. Just as a as a question,、um, when you're when you're dancing. When you're leading a step, James, do you sort of pre-plan what it is you're going to do during a song, or do you just kind of go to w- do whatever it is that you feel in the moment when you hear the music? Well, it's such a cliche, but I let the music take me、okay. and、mm-hmm. take my dance. So I'm pretty spontaneous on the dance floor,、mm-hmm. and also depends on my mood too.、Mm-hmm. So some some nights I. Arrive at Noanga with a lot of energy to give,、mm. and that certainly changes the 
you know, course of my dancing <laughs> for the rest of the night. <laughs> uh, sometimes, sometimes I arrive with being down and need to receive <laughs> a lot of energy. And, you know, more, that, more often than not, other dancers satisfy that need yeah. on the floor. <laughs> so Nice. Yeah. So, but the great thing about this dance, James, is there's always something new to learn or something new to rediscover, to discover or rediscover. Uh, so, over the past few years or months, what's something new that that you've learned? Well, I'm kind of in a little bit of a plateau in terms of learning mm-hmm. for a couple of different reasons. One, uh, I can't find enough time to invest mm-hmm. in learning, mm-hmm. and two, uh, I don't uh, see. A teacher. There's, I'm not saying there isn't mm-hmm. a good teacher around, mm-hmm. but I don't see a teacher that I connect with and mm-hmm. feel comfortable learning from. Mm-hmm. So for those reasons, um, I have been kind of plateaued uh, uh, in my, you know, learning process. Mm-hmm. So, but sometimes, like I mean, I know, I know it's not ideal, but mm-hmm. sometimes you learn from different sources as well. Yeah. You know, whether it's your fellow dancers mm-hmm. and, or, you know, YouTube uh, these days mm-hmm. uh, tend to be popular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, learning source. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, eventually I, I, I do feel this craving now for some time to go back to taking classes and workshops and mm-hmm. private lessons. Nice. Uh, I'm just trying to mm-hmm. find the time and right person to do that with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it was great earlier when you told us about the uh, the Loka Tango Festival with with flavor. How you sort of had that idea and then you uh, made it into a reality. So, are there any challenges, any other ideas floating around in your head that you might want to try in the future? So uh, I'm like I'm kind of like an all in or nothing kind of person. Okay. So when I do something, I tend to go very hard at it. Mm-hmm. It's not different. Um, you know, it's, uh, the Lucas not, not an exception either. Mm-hmm. So we just had a second event in May, mm-hmm. and I've announced another one uh, next May. Nice over Memorial Day weekend. Oh, great! So that's in the work, and now it's kicking into like next gear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm. This is like reorganizing uh, the weekend weekend long marathon or festival. Mm-hmm. I kind of suspected, but I didn't really like fully realize when I was getting into it, mm-hmm. and that, hence it took me years to pull the trigger because I understood enough that it was a big commitment, mm-hmm. and I just had to you know, have a courage to take on the project. And you know, when I did, I realized even further like how big of a commitment and project it was. Uh, so. That's a long way to say I I don't believe in mm-hmm. like doing things halfway. Yeah. So and I kind of see myself needing a break mm-hmm. after uh, next one. Mm-hmm. So I did announce at this year's event that uh, next year will be last one before I take the uh, indefinite break. Okay. Um, it's gonna be at least a year, uh, if not more longer. Yeah. Longer. So mm-hmm. you know maybe. You know, once I finish uh, with next year's event, and I'll have more time for my uh, personal growth, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's uh, taking more classes, find time to mm-hmm. take more classes and uh, whatnot. Great. Will that be in Boston again? 
Uh, yeah, so so it's not in the city, in the in the city of Boston, okay. because Boston is a really tricky city yeah. for tango tango events uh, because they have some weird ordinance. Uh, mm. Every event has to end like by one a.m. or something like oh, that, okay. so <laughs> it's impossible for tango. So it's in the suburb of Boston, okay. uh, a town called Newton. Okay, yeah, but you know we've had that past couple of years. The event was in the same place. Okay, okay, great. Morale, James, thanks so much. This has been a lot of fun. So uh, where do we find out more about you online? Uh, so we have a website, uh, Loka Tango Project, one word, okay. uh, dot com. So right now, uh, currently working on the website for next year. Okay. So the website you will see is the this year's event. Okay. You can learn all the details. I expect the, the website to be up for next year's event by mid-November. Okay. So you can go check out... Uh, what the event is all about. We also donate all our proceeds. Mm-hmm. The percent of our proceeds goes to charity. Right. So it's uh, all about you know bringing community together and yeah. having a good, great party and great time together, mm-hmm. and you know at the same time doing something good uh, for the local community. That's great. And a cause. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's great, yeah. You know how you said you got to get you're gonna get that website up in November. Um, just want to let the the listeners know that these events take a lot of planning, and yes. yeah, and and next May will be here before you know it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it flies by yeah, really. Absolutely great. So I'll have your uh, website in our show notes so people will be able to to look up the event and uh, yeah, I'll keep up with it. Great, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, hope you have another great turnout. All right. Well, James, thanks again so much for taking the time to speak to me. I know you're really busy with tango and with uh, with being a chef. Uh, so, yeah, it means a lot. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. Okay, another fun conversation. I really like how James is an all-or-nothing kind of guy when it comes to organizing events. You sort of have to be when, you, when you're behind something as big as a tango marathon. And again, he's another example of someone who brings in a separate skill set to make his tango events more memorable. In the case of James, he's a chef who literally brings a unique flavor to his tango marathon. I also like James's view on improving tango in that some of it involves technical guidance, correcting the cross or one's posture, for instance, but we can't expect lessons to fix everything. James also reminds us that improving our tango also involves experience, and it just takes time and patience for our tango to mature. And I really appreciated what James said about being mindful of not only how good our tango should feel for us, but how it should feel for our partners. We need to make that extra effort to make sure our partners are having a good time as well. So thanks again, James, for taking the time to chat and for sharing your thoughts. And of course, thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a quick moment to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. That helps out a lot. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. 